Hello, welcome to React Roundup, the podcast where we keep you updated on all things React related. This show is sponsored by Raygun and produced by Top End Devs and Envoy. Top End Devs is where we create Top End Devs to get top end pay and recognition while working on interesting problems and making meaningful community contributions. And Envoy provides remote design and software development services on a performance basis. So clients only pay after the tasks are delivered and approved. In today's episode, we will talk about artificial intelligence in the day-to-day life of a React developer that is going to cover using AI tools to help you generate code such as Copilot, but also tools that are going to turn the designer files into a first version of the code so that you can iterate later. My name is Lucas Paganini, your host in the podcast. Joining me in today's episode is Chris Fruen. Hi, everybody. And Peter Osa. Hi, everyone. All right. Let's get to it. So, um, Peter, Chris, I think my first, um, the first thing that I'd like to understand is what role is artificial intelligence playing in the lives of both of you at the moment? Like, how much are you currently already using uh, AI for? Which tasks are you not using AI for? And what things you haven't used yet, but you are definitely considered doing it? Makes sense? So basically, just a summary, what are you currently using AI for? What you are not, but you are considering, you just haven't had the time and what you're just definitely not going to even try to use AI for. So maybe, Peter, would you like to start? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, AI is actually a very very useful tool. I, as a developer, like, I kind of rely more on AI for most of my work. Now, where AI is actually very important to me is in the aspect of knowledge, right? So, um. I am a fan of actually okay um, using the AI to kind of get some ideas that I don't have that maybe some knowledge that I am clueless about. So let's say for example, I see a strange method. Maybe yeah, we are working with like on a code base, and I see maybe a kind of a new method, and I'll be like, oh, I don't know what this is, and um, maybe I have no clue. Now, usually in the past, you start going to, yeah, obviously it doesn't eliminate you reading the docs, but you start going to Stack Overflow to see its use. You start browsing the Google and checking other places, right? So what I do in that instance, I just um, usually charge GTP or cloud, right? It does give me like a kind of a description, like a detailed, just a small idea of the of, of what those functions are, or what those methods are, right? So it's kind of helpful to just, it's just like an assistant, right, for me, in the sense that it's it's a form of like a knowledge bank, right? So if I don't have an idea of things, I use that. Now, one thing I don't use AI to do is kind of, I don't let AI kind of replace my thinking ability, right? So because I think that's the aspect that a lot of people kind of operate to and you'll be like, oh, you're working in, you're working on, you're working on a code base and it will be like, oh, generate this to do this. And you just rely on the code only. Yeah, yeah. in the long run, it's, yeah, it will be efficient, obviously, but in the long run, you're not really learning new, anything new. Let's assume if oh, the, the challenge is something that requires you to learn something, right? You're just asking an AI to just generate it for you and you just use. So for self-development, it's really not um, the best, like, for, especially for going developers as well, like if you're starting out, it would be really, really bad to actually use AI if you're starting out because you need, to learn, you need to just learn the basics and you need to actually learn and practice with the basics. Right? So I use AI just more like an assistant to, to assist me in giving me insights about certain things I don't know. I also use it to kind of, there's an interactive section, oh, oh, is there an application of this? Can I, how can I use this in this kind of code base? Yeah, when you get the ideas, then you can always kind of modify the idea. So I think that's just how I use AI in a nutshell. Yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. 
Yeah, um, it does make sense. I, I'm not sure if there is a right or wrong answer. It is definitely how you're seeing it. So I think it. I could really understand the applications that AI has in your day-to-day. So I think, yeah, made, made total sense to me. How about you, Chris? Yeah, so I think I'm quite similar to Peter. Uh, so me personally, I have I do have a subscription to Copilot. Happy to to pay for that. It's been it's been working quite well. Um, and I do use ChatGPT sometimes. Um, I guess so. Those are the the two main tools I use. Um, I just yesterday was experimenting with uh, Google's Gemini. Uh, the Ge- the new Gemini AI. So just just trying to see, getting a feel for how it compares to to Open AI stuff. Um, and I guess so. I'm I'm fairly agnostic. I I I don't know yet. I don't have enough experience to say if there's a tool. I guess I wouldn't use. But for me, it's more it's more just a function of of time and 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 workflow that I'm used to. So I, you know, I've been developing for a while now. I know my tools and it's just a matter of saying, okay, you know, does this, you know, for example, you mentioned Lucas, there's there's tools that can generate perhaps designs just from Figma files and stuff. That could be very advantageous, but I just I don't have the time. I haven't explored it. Um so I guess yeah more as to how I guess I use them. And I think Peter pointed to a good point, which I'm guilty of forgetting, is that I think we're so used to, at least recently, we're so used to thinking of AI as it just generates, it just produces stuff, 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 stuff. But what I forget a lot is that in a new code base, you can throw in functions and classes and say like, hey, what's going on here? And get a nice overview without, you know, maybe pouring over 500,000 lines of code. So that's something that, I think for for anyone using AI, that's something that you shouldn't forget. Um, and yeah, that's that's uh, I guess that's yeah. Again, I <laughs> I also don't know if I answered your question. That's that's kind of how I how I see it. Okay, uh, and and actually, one thing that I am going to recommend for anyone who is already using Copilot or any other similar tool is there are ways for you to kind of like when you're talking to ChatGPT, you create context before you start asking the things you really want. So let's say that you are uh, looking for another job and you want help to review your resume. You're going to have some initial chat uh, with the AI just explaining who you are, what do you want in your resume, to which positions you're most interested in applying to. So you're going to create this initial context before you start asking the AI to answer your your questions, right? Uh, And with code, we can also do that. And the way that we can do that is, uh, well, of course, your entire code base is already context for the artificial intelligence. Like um, many, many of those AI uh, code writers are going to consider the context of your application. Like, is it a React application, an Angular application? Um, how is how are the other developers structuring the code? Uh, those tools are going to consider that. But one thing that you can do to give explicit instructions, because some maybe you're worried about that. Like, I don't want the artificial intelligence to consider the rest of the code base because the rest of the code base is like very messy, and I want to do something different. I want to refactor. So it should not consider just that. So what you can do is document your style guide. You know, you can just have a styleguide.mb file at root and be very, very explicit about every single convention and best practice that should be used in that code base, even if they are not being used yet. And that is going to serve as material for the artificial intelligence that you're using to know what style of code to generate. So that's kind of like a quick hot tip for all of you using those tools. Well, maybe not quick because you still got to write <laughs> the style guide. Uh, but yeah, it's it's something that 
I think some teams don't worry too much about because they think, oh, like the developer, we're, we don't have developers joining this project. Like there's no reason for us to stop and document the style guide, but there actually is because that's also input material for artificial intelligence and, and also for every other uh, developer that joins the project later on. So yeah, I wonder if you guys have any other tips uh, or tricks that you use to kind of fine tune the AI to make sure that it's going to produce code that you're actually going to use. Well, yeah, on my end, like what I do, I don't know if I have like a peculiar technique though, but I usually try to engage a discussion, like you said, start with a premise, okay, this is what I'm trying, this is what the problem is, this is what I'm trying to say, it's a bit like an interaction, right? And then we get to a point whereby I kind of write some kind of commands, right? I think you have to put this in the way, for example, if I'm actually writing, maybe I want to just get an idea or something in text, I put it in maybe human readable format, I think that would be the prompt I write, oh, I want this to be in human readable format so that it can be understood by someone with maybe minimal knowledge about the subject. Same thing with code as well. Just, okay, I don't want, you can, I, I, I could just maybe put it to bare functions or oh, use the fundamental, like, um, maybe just say primitives on the way. Do not use maybe things like some higher other functions, like how we use in JavaScript to, like maybe if I have like a code um, stuff. So I think those are those what I do as a just readable format, just format it in the way that it's kind of low level so that someone who is a beginner can understand and so on. Yeah, not really much though. And also, I, I don't know, I personally, I usually, especially for, for like company projects, I, I usually try to avoid maybe putting company data into the code because I think there was an issue when, I don't know if it's from Amazon or then where there was a leak of certain company data due to, I think, I think it's from charge GDPR. So I think there was a news about that. So I usually try to avoid just putting company logic or data. I just put it as an overall logic just because of, oh, I could get like ideas. Yeah. So what do you do as, as well, Chris? Yeah, I guess, I guess one advice I would have is that you, you have to be specific, right? So it's, it's just like the whole, you know, manager specification joke that that we all know as as devs. If you just say, if you go to any of these generators and say, "Hey, make me a button," you could. I mean, you can. Yeah, okay. You specify even if you specify React, make me a React component button. You can get who knows five hundred different things, right? So, uh, you it's a, it's best to you know. I typically specify like you know I want a React TypeScript. You know these props. Uh, you know, be as specific as you can. Um, and if you if you can't be specific, well, then maybe you know maybe you need to even think about what what your feature is or, or what what you're building at at the moment. Um, otherwise, you you can get just as much junk out as 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 you want. So, yeah, yeah, uh, that does make sense, and and it's what you would expect interacting with a real person, right? You can't just give uh, very little instructions and expect the other individual to really do exactly what you had in your mind. You're going to have to properly describe it. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that does make a lot of sense. And quite frankly, I don't think most of the issues that are generally documented in a project are good enough for an artificial intelligence to understand. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've spent quite a few time like trying to understand uh what the the creator of the issue actually wanted me to do so uh, if i were to just throw that to an artificial intelligence i would be really surprised if it would if you were able to really understand what has to be done um so yeah yeah that that makes total sense um what about like things that you are considering to explore like of course, we have those generators, right, from Figma to code. But is it something that you guys really think uh, is ready to test and ready to try out? Because I got to be honest, like, I'm a bit skeptical, you know? I haven't even really stopped to see the 
quality of the code that is produced by those generators. Because every time I saw somebody making a video about the code that was generated, it was always like terrible. <laughs> so it was like cool at first, but then it generated some stuff that was like either completely different from what it was supposed to do or just like the code itself was just really um, not using modern best practices, you know? So because of those videos of other creators already talking about this, I kind of don't even feel the need to test it out myself. But I don't know, maybe I'm missing out on something really interesting, you know? Maybe there is a tool that is pretty awesome at doing this Figma to code uh, transition already, and maybe I am just a dinosaur, you know, and I haven't tried it out yet. Uh, so I don't know. Are you guys also skeptic about this, or do you think that there are indeed tools that might be already good enough for this? And, and by the way, I'm really sorry about this because I really wanted to be here to listen to to your answer for this. Uh, but I will have to watch it later on because I actually have a personal commitment, so I'm gonna have to to bail the show now. Um, but but yeah, I'm I'm sure the audience is gonna be fine, like they are in very good hands. But yeah, uh, let me know what what your thoughts are on this, and I'll make sure to watch it later. Chris, Peter, thank you. All right, Lucas, take care. See you. Yeah, take care, Lucas. Yeah, I think I think I'm kind of in in a similar boat. I am quite skeptical, and I but I think it it may even come down to just language and and code itself because you know going back to this concept like make me a button, you can even be even if you do something more specific. I I ran into this was one of my first experiences, kind of you know poking fun at uh, at ChatGPT. I said, hey, it's wrong, it's wrong, but I realized maybe that I was wrong or not specific enough. So I, for example, you can say, you know, give me, let's, I guess we'll stay in JavaScript. Give me a, a TypeScript function that compares to arrays, right? So what it did was, I think it just did, uh, it just checked every, um, every element index by index, right? So if the first one, first, if they're the same length, and then if each element in each position is the same, but is that, does that mean the arrays are the same? In this case, it's, it's like what the same or, or comparing arrays really mean. And, and when you start going down that rabbit hole, that starts to become a whole question of, you know, for a design team, like what really it's, it's like, what is the language behind our design, our product, the, all this, uh, I guess, this contextual knowledge that's very hard to uh, put into a, a text box, right? You know, what does, yeah, just even like just small words, like what does this mean? The team, your team probably knows because you've been working on this this product or these components or whatever, but, uh, you know, ChatGPT or Gemini or whatever doesn't really know. And I think then then what comes into play is this whole context window. And Lucas was mentioning that, that you can kind of, pre-treat the output but unless you're willing you know as an organization to more or less paste your whole code base there which you know could be dangerous for for some organizations or, or not desired then yeah then i think you you'll have some trouble um and even then i've i've tried to do those pre-treating it, it does work sometimes but once you get i mean i've i've been just using the 3.5 so it has a smaller context window but even then once you've you've provided a lot of of similar code it can still mess up just because yeah i mean it's <laughs> coding's hard i think even for an ai so yeah 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 that's actually that makes sense actually so for generators like for figma to code designs um ai right i think the one i'm kind of enthusiastic about is the builder the one i think builder.io creates i think the one that actually converts Figma to React component code. Yeah, so um, I've, it's something I actually want to try because um, I've looked at some demos, I've looked at some 
yeah, some articles on it. And yeah, the code and the code generation is a bit better at least compared to some other ones I've seen as well. Right. So it's a bit better, let me just say. And I think there are better there are better explanations to why the code is actually that way, I think. Uh, right. So so I think that's actually one I do want to have. But overall though, I won't really like for the other generators I've seen, yeah, the code could be messy. First of all, they don't they just they don't, don't follow like best practices like oh for example like you said you're trying to compare maybe a compare an array on an object and then it's kind of doing some kind of expensive calculations right maybe um so expensive like and it may not be optimal for your code like it's not it may not be optimal like for memory in that instance especially we were working with JavaScript, which uh, were kind of, I won't say it's limited, but we work with browsers and with limited environments, with limited memories at the point. So it's not like I said we have all the memory to our, to our use, kind of. So, well, so yeah, so that's for that as well. Then the code structure, the way it's been with it, yeah. I don't know, they just look kind of clunky in my eyes. I really don't know why, but it just looks so jumped up, like, Right, so I feel it's something that yeah, the it's the code, the elements of the code kind of take takes a lot of like, I want to say buzzwords or big functions and just paste it around out. So right, so yeah, so far I think code quality wise and then the output. Yeah, I've seen some of them. The output could be could be nice for certain designs, whereby it actually gives you I think almost piece perfect designs for. There's still some I see as well that is kind of off. Like I think I've also seen generators like certain AIs that try to kind of like build like a software, like a small SaaS product in in few seconds. And you'll be like, oh, give it some description. I just needed to build this application for me. For example, build like a, a rider application and so on. And then it kind of the output is kind of not nice, it's not something presentable at all like it's actually far from the desired output right so yeah um i'm really yeah most for the ones i've seen so far the generators they are really not like i'm not i won't say they are they are actually improving as well but then i've not seen anyone that is actually kind of so it's fascinating except maybe yeah the one i want to try which is builders builder.ios Generator, I think Figma to code. I think I just want to try that and give my opinion. Yeah, I think I'm in the in the same boat. I I do want to try these tools, but like I mentioned before, it's just a matter. Well, first of time, <laughs> I need time to to try them. Um, but I, I think they're they're quite interesting. It's it's interesting you mentioned Builder.io because just yesterday I was reading uh, Netlify. They make a yearly uh, kind of review of of tools that people have used and then people or I'm sorry, tools that they want to use in the future in, in 2024. And builder.io was actually one of the most uh, desired tools um, to use. So yeah, it might be, might be quite interesting to, to take a look at that. I, I think it kind of, one, one thing I was thinking of as, as you were talking about, uh, about builder.io and, and yeah, the, the code quality is not so good as I was thinking about how organizations, how you, there, there was a, there's a, there was a podcast from a guy. If you know him, uh, they call him DHH. It's David uh, Heinemeyer Hansen. He, yeah. He invited, yeah, yeah. It was with with, yeah. Tim, with Tim Ferriss. Uh, and I always remember this quote. It's such a small, like, little sentence, but I always remember this. And I heard this like five or ten years ago. He says, you know, when you build an application or even maybe even a design, you make. He basically said software is, you know hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands very small decisions in you know different components different style uh, css files whatever in back ends and those are done over time right you can't like you mentioned so someone wants maybe hey just build me a SaaS app but it comes back to language and these decisions you can't just say build me a SaaS app because there's there's 10,000 decisions behind this and the ai okay the AI can maybe choose all those for you, but then you don't know, you don't know what it 
those decisions it made. And, and then you're stuck with this. Yeah, even if it could generate a giant app, you have no idea the code, all the code behind it or, or what it looks like. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's, it will be quite interesting uh, to see if those tools like the, the, I guess the, I'll call for now, over-promising tools um, will really work because this reminds me a lot of, there was a lot of hype around no-code tools, which I think they're valuable uh, and useful, but it, I think you always come to a point eventually where I think hopefully for us, you'll always need a developer or an engineer to, to look in detail at certain small things and, and, and modify things like that. Um, so, but yeah, I guess one other thing uh, that might be fun to talk about with, with these AI tools is, do you think, uh, do you think developers are almost getting lazy or or uh, or kind of relying too much too much on on AI? Because I know I'll I'll be guilty of that sometimes where you know I have like a function idea or something and I'll just wait for Copilot to to give me some suggestions, right? And and maybe I mean maybe that's okay because usually I think you mentioned it's doing something inefficient or not the best, but at the very least you have you have some generated code and you you get some ideas but what are you what are you feeling about that or or do you think do you think developers are going to get too lazy yeah okay yeah so i think so actually because in the future like like i usually say like in the future in the future right depending on my on issues it's, yeah i love developers will be lazy to do that now that's why I usually recommend, like I usually tell like people starting out that don't do not use AI as you're starting out. Right? I feel yeah, AI will actually be much useful for like developers who have actually learned the basics, who are kind of up there, like you're maybe you've learned so much, you've worked on so much projects, and then you have an idea of certain things, right? AI at that point will just be like maybe a supplementary tool for you, an assistant, right? Like, yeah, the AI could generate the function for you, but it doesn't mean that if you just you could actually think it up as well. It's just that you just want something that is faster for you to work, right? Maybe you just need something, you just need, you just need speed, right? For kind of engineers that are kind of more maybe senior intermediates and so on, right? It's kind of going to be helpful for them in the future to be more efficient. But for developers starting out, due to the way AI is being kind of phrased, I think. The, the developers who are kind of getting interested into development recently may become lazy like from the start because then yeah you have an issue and then first of all like I I I what I actually like about Stack Overflow is the fact that it helps you to actually search and then look at all other people's solutions, right? It gives you perspective, right? Because yes. ChatGTP now, yeah, if you write a code, it could just generate one solution for you and that's it. And you feel like, oh, yeah, this is just the solution. But then you could go to Stack Overflow and then read comments and read codes and see different solutions and even get an idea from any of them as well. So I think that that's what a lot of developers will lose ultimately, that ability to be, to kind of that diverse idea mindset, right? So it's just... It's in the future, it may just be like, oh, all our codes look similar because everyone is using ChatGTP or Copilot. Like our code just looks so similar because you just know that, oh, yeah, we use Copilot for this. And there is no difference because, yeah, you could, I think you could look, you, presently, yeah, you could look at some codes and then you'd be like, oh, this is the style of this person. Oh, this is the style of this person. This is how you like to write. Maybe you're using maybe an imperative style or something else, right? But then now, when you're when a lot of people become more reliant on AI, you the styles get blurred, right? You really don't know which style people are using. So for the upcoming developers, they're really going to be going to make them lazy, right? Because I know that the search, the search for knowledge, like getting some rudimentary knowledge is actually very important because then I, I usually usually I usually use myself as an example, right? When oh I'm, I just want to look for a function that does maybe something like if um a sorting, right? To sort certain stuff. 
And then I'm trying to maybe do sorting on my own. And then you actually find out that, oh, JavaScript had a sort method. Wow, that's so nice. I could just use that. And you learn about the sort method and just use that. Now, initially, you are trying to just maybe use, if you have an idea of that, oh, there's a, there's a method like this, and you just want to find the, the bare bone way to sort it. And then you discover, did it fast, you're searching that, oh, we saw this, and so that, oh, this is a better method. So that's what usually what kind of going to Stack Overflow research does. And yeah, ChatGTP also does have a way, but like I said, it limits the perspectives, you release your options. So yeah, I think in the future, upcoming future, is to make developers lazy, kind of. But then it depends on the level of the developer, right? So if you're a senior developer, you just be more efficient, like so fast, because then you actually know what to do. You've had the experience, you've had the, like, the foundations. Yeah, but for upcoming developers, they they actually they may actually miss out on those. Yeah, so I think that's just my opinion on that. Yeah, I think you you brought up a really good point that yeah, I guess like before any of these tools, you would just go to Stack Overflow or, or somewhere similar, or maybe even before that, like before Stack Overflow, maybe you would even have a textbook or or something like that, right? Yeah. Or or exactly. at the worst case, somebody, some programmer somewhere. And I, I think that's a very important point for people starting out. And I, I recognize that in myself. You know, the, the the meme or the joke is that you go, you just copy paste the very first answer from Stack Overflow, right? Which, of course, is, is it could work. But as at least as I've grown as an engineer, you realize, like you said, you, you read the comments, you see people say, well, we did this. And then we, you know, we discovered that maybe wasn't the best way. And you know all these contextual hints um, that you can learn just as much, if not more, than whatever the accepted answer is, right? And the risk, I think, with these AI tools is it's just input output, right? I mean, sometimes they they will even say they'll give you like some hints saying like, oh, this, you know, this and this, but I'm not sure if it will. I'm not sure if it'll be at the level where if you read uh, like a, a full stack over. Uh, Stack Overflow post or even a, a blog post about something where you can get all these insights and, and all this, uh, I guess, experience, right? Because exactly. the, yeah, the, the, the job of the, the AI is just, at least right now, is just I give you the best output, right? I don't give you context. I don't give you experience. Um, so I, I think this is really tough for, for beginners, especially because you also need, you need to know how to ask the right questions and if you're a beginner you don't you you can't even you know you can't really explain what what you want at least at least very clearly so um yeah and one other thing i, I did I, I thought of um what you're mentioning where maybe in the future you know code is looking similar uh i i worry a bit because i in a in a go code base i've been using copilot a lot just because like i and i think go is it's very simple to write, but it can get very, very large. And I have, I have some, some files are, are growing quite large. And I mean, I'm doing a lot of computation, but I, I'm worried that if we always go down the path of just like, yeah, just generate it, it works. Sure, it works. That's great. But there may be, I think, I, I'm worried that in the future we'll miss out on kind of what software engineering or part of software engineering is like, you know, these where you take a task and maybe not the first iteration, but eventually you get to a solution that's, how do I want to explain it? Not really compact, but perhaps like elegant, I should say. And I'm worried yeah. that if, if, if you always have the, the AI in the background, just, you know, spitting out what you need at the immediate moment, we'll just end up like with these giant projects and yeah, maybe they work, but, but they're not, I don't know, maybe they're, less maintainable that that might be something i'd be concerned about um do do you see any risks like that or, or do you have any any thoughts about that or maybe i'm just uh, being too too negative <laughs> <laughs> no not really you actually right a point on that right so the code that could get okay like yeah i usually look at some solutions for maybe chat gtp and more and then i see they're kind of verbose that's what I think I mentioned that in the aspect that 
yeah, it's, you're trying to do something a bit minimal and it kind of gives you so big and so large code and like, oh yeah, isn't there just like a better way of doing this and kind of, yeah, if you are experienced actually, maybe you've had experience with that. You actually know, oh yes, maybe this is what I, this is, I think this should be a better way that you could maybe modify it yourself, right? You don't just rely on the, uh, maybe, oh, the code just, oh yeah, this, just take this, it works, right? Ah, fine, no problem, put it in the code base. No, mm-hmm. you actually do some modifications, right? So because of your um, expertise and your, your level, right? But then if, if like it's not controlled, right, the code base will become very verbose. And like I said, it's just like, it's just like a lot of, a lot of big codes, like a lot of, like I said, buzzwords, like it also is a lot of boss codes, whereas like maybe it will just use one weird ass like a method that you've probably not used in a while or something big. And then when everyone looks at it, it's not, it's not, it's not easy to read, right? So I think that's actually a very big fear, like because then, like I said, it's, it's then like the, Consequence of yeah, everybody code looks the same at that point, which I think I've seen it in most code base that a lot of code base that kind of work with AI like that much. Code base just looks similar. I just try to compare. Oh, I've seen this song, yeah, I've seen that this looks you could even identify that oh, maybe this is help from pilot or something or charge mm-hmm. GPU. This is something that it will generate, right? So yeah, I think you're right on point on that actually. And I'm actually um, yeah, on point to that. So, but then I actually have a question as well as regarding AI as well so for you. Now, do you think AI will actually replace developers? Because I know that's actually, that has actually been like a very, very widespread um, notion. Like, so many people are going paranoid. Like, I, I, I literally know a lot of people that will not want to go into coding fully because they feel they could be replaced in the future, most especially like junior developers. So what do you think? Do you think AI could actually replace us or like, what do you think? Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think it goes back to that, that DHH quote, quote, um, that you, you need to make a million decisions. I mean, you can argue this also for, they said like lawyers and people are also going to lose their jobs. I don't know because in, in reality, now I'm talking like, actually outside the code base, right? So your organization or your clients or whoever you work with, you know, whatever, these hundreds of emails, these these design decisions or any part of the stack, the network, the back end, there's so many small little things. I mean, the, for me, the only way that AI could replace a, a real human developer is if they were somehow there in and conscious i mean then you're talking about you know whatever terminator anyway so unless you can completely replace yeah. a human i don't i just don't see how i mean they even even if you have the best code generator ever it can look exactly it could even uh mimic people on your team where you say oh it looks like that code was written by him or him even then it's still it's still only code and and I don't know. You, it can't replace. I just don't think it can replace someone with experience or, or uh, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, experience with multiple projects or languages and, and things like that. So that's that's currently how I am. So, but we'll see. Maybe in, we have Terminator in a few years. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm actually. I agree with you as well. So I think from what DH from what you reference on DHH, right? It's actually very right. I see um, code like software development as there are a lot of moving parts, right? So, for example, you could actually have an idea for a product, right? And then when you're working on the product, you actually find that, oh, this business model I was following, it's kind of, it sucks, right? Kind of doesn't really work. It doesn't work for certain consumers. And, oh, maybe I need to change that, right? Those iterations back and forth, you actually test, and then you see whether your business model works. You actually generate maybe like a formula or a concept around it, right? Those things are kind of, I feel they are human driven. Unless maybe there's an AI, like you said, that can do that, which, like I said, is actually like a terminator already. So 
if you just just take over the world, then don't even participate in my stand-up or something. That kind of thing, right? So, yeah. uh, so just that kind of thing. So if they are like, unless AI is a kind of like that kind of level, right? So it's, I don't think it they will actually replace humans, right? Because then you, you those iterations back and forth concepts, testing. Because yeah, I know that most most products, right? Most SaaS products, they are not actually the concept of which they were created. Or like, let me just like. For example, maybe they had an idea, right? It wasn't the idea they had initially that came into life. There were a lot of changes and iterations. And then those changes and iterations also got reflected in code as well, right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you need someone to actually process that, those changes, and then put it in code. I don't know if AI maybe could reach to that level for we, right? Mm-hmm. Changing mm-hmm. business specification. Is, I don't I don't know yet, though. So in that regard, I don't think it will replace people. Now, for senior developers, obviously the experience is this experience is there, right? Because you can't replace someone with experience that much because they have domain experience of the whole yeah. business of the whole thing, right? So domain experience is something very, um, very, very important, right? In the business and the product, so it's something that they can't um, really replace, right? I think more seniors will be kind of even. Hired more in the AI period, that's what I feel, than 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 ever. So they need more seniors. Now I think the aspect I'm having concern with is with the juniors. Now I, for example, I just want to use an a rough example of maybe things like um like if we used the website generator, maybe like a UX um or UX designer, right? Your job is just kind of design pages, right? The, the flow and the experience. Now, a lot of people have argued, and I think some people had something. I've actually looked at a lot of people who had reasons that oh, they were able to kind of scrap that division. Now, it really sucks because so many developers that come into maybe things like web development, they start with the front end, right? right. And when they start with the front end, they have to start with HTML and CSS, the design part. So, this is something mm-hmm. they have to start it. And then the kind of a lot of companies are kind of eliminating that starting point for people where they can actually have experience with and replacing them with AI. So I think that was the aspect that was really, really um, concerning for me. But then mm-hmm. I actually then remember that, oh, yeah, there's still accessibility, right? Because, yeah, there's something about just creating a good website and there's something about being accessible for a lot of people. So I don't know if AI, AI kind of works well with accessibility or maybe the generators and so on. I think that one may actually be human intervene. But how many, mm-hmm. like, I don't know how many people actually, uh, companies or so, kind of con- are concerned about accessibility as much as that, right? Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. certain codes, they don't check for accessibility and so on. So, yeah. So I think overall, it will replace developers kind of. But I think there's a rising concern for me for People who are starting out, especially people who are coming to a certain junior role, right? Now, now there's a point they will reach in the junior role that obviously I feel that um, AI has can't replace them because then at the end of the day, they, they are the ones that actually implement those business ideas, right? Or oh, a senior has an idea, a domain knowledge of an idea, and then he gives it to a senior who will actually understand it and then bring up something, right? And mm-hmm. also, the juniors will subsequently become the seniors of the future. So it's something that we need that is always going to happen. So yeah, but it's for beginners who are going to certain domains. Like I know some AIs have actually emulated some writers, some kind of writers. So you see, I've seen, I think I've seen a job for like searching on LinkedIn for AI writer. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, how does that? Like, yeah. So I think, yeah, overall, it won't actually replace people for them. Really, like just some people, right? So, what do you actually think on maybe people like like who's or which part of web development do you feel has been threatened by maybe the surge of AI? Yeah, I think I think front end definitely, um, but even there, I I still think there's you mentioned like these things like accessibility. Yeah, okay, even if companies don't care so much about it for me like when i build websites i I make it a part to to meet those requirements right and so maybe for people out there listening you might not even know this but there's even rules about color contrasts uh to meet certain accessibility rules and 
you know, maybe AI follows it, maybe it doesn't. But if I, at least for me right now, I would feel much more comfortable with a designer who knows that stuff like, and has known it for years, right? Has the experience of all that. And, and, you know, color choices, even, I mean, I've even seen, I'm no designer expert, but I've even seen how you can look at how fonts are chosen. And usually they have certain reasons, like, you know, even for, uh, you know, muted text when it's a bit more gray, why you, why you use this and, and all these, these things. Unfortunately, I don't have that experience, but I can't imagine an AI just isn't designed for that. Again, it's, it's just trained on, sure, it might be trained on the best websites, but it, it doesn't have that, that contextual knowledge. Um, so, but yeah, I guess I, I think because we're, we're probably coming towards the end, I think maybe to end on a, on like a positive note, I think the nice thing, while it is hard to learn, I don't think you can learn domain knowledge from an AI, but I, I think there is hope for, for the junior developers that it, it is a nice tool. For example, I started, I started practicing some Rust the other day. I've never written Rust before, but I think it can help. It can really speed up just the initial like onboarding or getting a feel for the language. I mean, at the very least, the AIs are pretty good with, with syntax and stuff. I think just for the domain and, and, and you know, the actual project experience, you still need to do. And probably, I think probably forever, you'll always need to do the old fashioned way where you just need to have experience, uh, you know, as a junior and, and grow into that senior role. But maybe maybe it's a tool to help help them them speed up. What do you what do you think? What do you think about that? Am I over optimistic? No, I think you're right on points as well, right? So it's like I said, it's actually I I initially said like an assistant, right? It actually facilitates, right? So I think using AI as a, as a like as starting out, like starting out to actually increase your speed on learning. But then like where I actually don't recommend using it is when you are actually like maybe starting out like from the basics, basics, right? Like oh. You're coming down from another discipline and you have no idea about code and then you just want to get into AI directly. It won't really be advisable because you're coming into a new discipline and then you're trying to learn something new. You actually need to do the work and research and find out what you need to learn. Yeah, but then for people like, like for developers like we who have actually maybe worked on certain projects and certain things, yeah, I think for us, if, I want, if you just want to learn something, I'll just use, oh, I actually have like idea of maybe basic syntax of languages and how they are kind of similar. I could just use the AI and like I said, just start learning something, maybe a new language or a new framework, right? But then for beginners, uh, I won't really advise that because you need that knowledge. You need to get that knowledge about it, like that domain knowledge about either any language you're learning or so on. Yeah, but then, yeah, there's hope actually for the junior developer. Like I, and, and I think I mentioned it as well, they are always going to be seniors of the future, and those seniors of the future are not going to be the AI, definitely. They're right, going to be right. the senior developer. They're going to be yeah. the junior developer of today. So obviously, there's always going to be a chance for a junior to rise up to become the senior. So it's something, I think that's, I think that's, that's like the biggest encouragement for anyone out there actually trying to come in and defeat their old their junior position. Yeah, so it's just for them to actually kind of work work on themselves and try to learn a lot of things, right? Obviously, you're going to the juniors of today will be the seniors of tomorrow. It's just it's just the principle, right? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that. Uh, so I think that's just what I feel about every yeah mm-hmm. about it kind of. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think yeah, lots lots to come in the future. Um it will be exciting. Um yeah I guess I guess with that uh should we move on to picks or or whatever you you want to support or mention? Okay, yeah, for picks, right? Um, I okay for picks, right? I will actually recommend that um builder.io's um mm-hmm. builder.io's um yeah generator, right? So I think I'm trying to get the link um Figma to React. Yeah, so it's something I actually want to kind of look into. And I definitely want um, a lot of people to actually look into it as well. I think I've kind of followed um, the CTO. I think it's Mishko, who is like the um, 
the creator of Angular. Yeah, so I think Vida.ai, I think they're also behind Quick. I think Quick, the JavaScript framework, right? So yeah, I think I'll paste the link in the chat for Vida.ai, I think more about them. So I don't oh, know. If I will. It, yeah, I think it's it's on, oh. actually on Figma. They have it. Yeah, they have a Figma tool. It's on. It's a Figma tool actually, and I think okay. they have a link to their website on how to do it. So, yeah. So I think that's just my topic for today. And then, yeah. So what is what is yours as well? Yeah, I'll, I'll also take the the builder IO as as a homework. But yeah, I, I just wanted to mention, I think it's finally time I might destroy my email inbox. But so I have courses on my blog. I call them uh, full stack courses. And I, I've mentioned in previous episodes. So I try and focus on it's either like a very specific kind of niche thing, but that's usually very helpful in, in multiple applications, or it's more of a kind of you know, not a full complete SaaS app, but but some sort of working functional app that you build. And I I will mention uh, for people who, for any reason, can't can't afford the course um, that I do offer them uh, for more or less for free. You can even so the first few lessons or up to almost half of the course they're free on YouTube. Um, and this is all from my blog. I'll, I'll post the link. Um, but then, yeah, if you can't get the full course for any reason, just just reach out to me. And that comes with an honor system. So, you know, if, if you're a dev and you've got a job, I would like if you <laughs> pay for my course and, and support, you know, what I'm building so that I can make more of these in the future and help more developers. Um, so, but if you can't, just reach out to me. I'll get you uh, the full course um, one way or another. So, yeah, that's, that's all from my side. Yeah, that's awesome as well. So I think there is really no much um, content to this. So yeah, I think we are we've come to the end of the podcast today, right? So right, and I think maybe I could just leave some parting words for the junior developers, like just keep on, keep on, like keep on learning and don't be afraid of AI because, like I said, yeah, it's artificial intelligence, but yeah, actually like. Yeah, like the real intelligence, the human intelligence. So you're the original, no matter what, and you can't be replaced.